Long History The Second Voyage of Christopher Columbus Part 1 The Most Beautiful Thing in the World The Canaries to Dominica and Guadeloupe Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. We're starting a new series here called The Second Voyage of Christopher Columbus and we've already covered the first voyage but here we'll give you a first-hand account of what happened on Christopher Columbus's second visit to the Caribbean. We've serialised lots of first-hand accounts of journeys here on Long History, including the Journal of the First Voyage of Christopher Columbus, as we called it here on Long History. But we've also got the Magellan Fleet's first voyage around the world, Henry Hudson's exploration of the Atlantic coast of the United States, Vasco da Gama rounding the southern tip of Africa, and many more historic journeys. This is the first of a six-part series, so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when the remaining episodes are released. And we will give a summary of the first journey here, principally because it sets up the scene for this second journey and one of its main purposes. The journal of the first voyage of Christopher Columbus was apparently a summarised journal of that first voyage, containing many of the words of Christopher Columbus himself. The text about this second voyage comes from a letter written by a man who took part in the voyage called Dr. Chanka. We're reading from a 1906 edition of this text, which itself contains an introduction to this text, a slightly edited version of which we'll include here. So the story so far. Columbus had set off on his first journey on the 3rd of August 1492. And after a tense but nevertheless a rather event-free journey, they saw land on the 11th of October. The first island that they saw is not precisely known, but it was in the area of today's southern Bahamas, from which Columbus and his crew went on to sail towards northern Cuba, and then along to Hispaniola Island, where one of their ships was wrecked. This left Columbus with some difficult decisions to make. There was not enough room on the remaining ships for everyone, so 39 men were left on land, in what would amount to the Caribbean's first European colony, which was called Navidad, which is Christmas in Spanish. During the voyage, the main drama among the Spanish themselves came with a rebellion which led to one ship sailing off on its own for a while, but it eventually rejoined Columbus before the return to Europe. Other than that, there are certainly unpleasant scenes revealing the unpalatable attitudes of the day, not least in the taking of slaves, but the narrative makes it clear that Columbus, while all the time assuming he had reached islands near to Japan, considered the place he was exploring to be extraordinarily beautiful and he, without hesitation, announced that he had taken it for the Spanish. During their explorations, they also heard many rumours of the Caribs, people who were reported to be cannibals. Forced to leave these 39 men behind on the island of Hispaniola in this settlement called Navidad, Columbus made his way home, and this journey wasn't without its drama, some of the crew being detained for a while on the Portuguese Azores Islands but the crew eventually made it back to Spain from their historic journey by Friday the 15th of March 1493. As the second journey starts, it's six months later, with this second journey setting off on the 25th of September 1493. We'll see that one of the main reasons for this expedition is to seek out this colony of Navidad and see what happened to the men who were left behind. All the while, the Spanish are hoping to find gold, and other products to settle and to colonise these islands. So that's the background, I hope I've got everything there. We'll start with the introduction to the 1906 edition, and then in this episode, the crew will set off on their journey. 
will reach the Caribbean a little further south than last time, spotting islands today known as Dominica, Marie Galante and Guadeloupe. So that's enough of the preamble, let's get going with the second voyage of Christopher Columbus, Port 1, the most beautiful thing in the world, the Canaries to Dominica and Guadeloupe. Introduction Dr Chanka of Seville volunteered to go to the Indies and on May the 23rd, 1493, the King and Queen appointed him surgeon. This letter was written to the Cabildo or Town Council of Seville and is the first narrative of one of Columbus's voyages that we have exactly as it was written by a private observer. It is also the first description of the natives that we have from an observer of scientific training. The original text was first printed by Navarrete in his Viajes in 1825. Columbus kept a journal on this voyage which is no longer extant. Abridgments of it are preserved to us in the history of Ferdinand Columbus and in the Historia de las Indias of Las Casas. There are other contemporary narratives of the voyage from private hands, but they are either made up from conversations with those who went on the voyage, like the letters of Simón Verde, or the accounts in books 2 and 3 of the first decade of Peter Mortis de Rebus Oceanicis, or a literary embellishment of some private letters like the translation into Latin by Niccolo Silasio of some letters he received from Guillermo Coma, who went on the voyage. The translation of Dr. Chanka's letter given here is that of R. H. Major. It has been carefully revised to bring it into closer conformity to the original. Any noteworthy changes will be indicated. Of Dr. Chanka personally, little or nothing is known beyond what has been mentioned, except that he devoted himself with zeal and self-sacrifice to his duties. In the report of the second voyage which Columbus prepared, January the 30th, 1494, and sent off by Antonio de Torres, February the 2nd, he charged Torres as follows in regard to Dr. Chanka. You will inform their highnesses of the labour that Dr. Chanka is performing, on account of the many that are ill and the lack of supplies, and that, with all this, he is conducting himself with great diligence and kindness in everything that concerns his duties. This is from the Select Letters of Columbus. This introduction was written by Edward Gaylord Byrne. Letter of Dr. Chanka on the Second Voyage of Columbus A letter addressed to the Town Council of Seville by Dr. Chanka, a native of that city, and physician to the fleet of Columbus on the second voyage to the Indies, describing the principal events which occurred during that voyage. Most Noble Lord Since the occurrences which I relate in private letters to other persons have not of such general interest as those which are contained in this epistle, I have resolved to give you a distinct narrative of the events of our voyage, as well as to treat of the other matters which form the subject of my petition to your lordship. The news I have to communicate are as follows. The expedition which their Catholic Majesties sent, by divine permission, from Spain to the Indies, under the command of Christopher Columbus, Admiral of the Ocean, left Cadiz on the 25th of September, of the year 1493, with 17 ships well equipped and with 1,200 fighting men or a little less, with wind and weather favourable for the voyage. 
This weather lasted two days, during which time we managed to make nearly 50 leagues. The weather then changing, we made little or no progress for the next two days. It pleased God, however, after this, to restore us fine weather, so that in two days more we reached the Great Canary. Here we put into harbour, which we were obliged to do, to repair one of the ships which made a great deal of water. We remained all that day, and on the following set sail again, but were several times becalmed, so that we were four or five days before we reached Gomera. We had to remain at Gomera some days to lay in our stores of meat, wood, and as much water as we could stow, preparatory to the long voyage which we expected to make without seeing land. Thus, through the delay at these two ports, and being calmed one day after leaving Gomera, we were nineteen or twenty days before we arrived at the island of Ferro. After this, we had, by the goodness of God, a return of fine weather, more continuous than any fleet ever enjoyed during so long a voyage, so that, leaving Ferro on the 13th of October, within twenty days we came in sight of land and we should have seen it in fourteen or fifteen days if the ship Capitana had been as good a sailor as the other vessels. For many times the others had to shorten sail, because they were leaving us much behind. During all this time we had great good fortune, for throughout the voyage we encountered no storm, with the exception of one on St. Simon's Eve, which for four hours put us in considerable jeopardy. On the first Sunday after All Saints, namely the 3rd of November, about dawn, a pilot of the flagship cried out, The reward! I see the land! The joy of the people was so great that it was wonderful to hear their cries and exclamations of pleasure, and they had good reason to be delighted, for they had become so wearied of bad living and of working the water out of the ships that all sighed most anxiously for land. The pilots of the fleet reckoned on that day that between leaving Ferro and first reaching land we had made 800 leagues, others said 780, so that the difference was not great, and 300 more between Ferro and Cadiz, making in all 1100 leagues. I do not therefore feel as one who has not seen enough of the water. On the morning of the aforesaid Sunday we saw lying before us an island, and soon on the right hand another appeared. The first was high and mountainous, on the side nearest to us, the other flat and very thickly wooded. As soon as it became lighter, other islands began to appear on both sides, so that on that day there were six islands to be seen lying in different directions, and most of them of considerable size. We directed our course towards that which we had first seen, and reaching the coast, we proceeded more than a league in search of a port where we might anchor, but without finding one. All that part of the island which met our view appeared mountainous, very beautiful, and green even up to the water, which was delightful to see, for at that season there is scarcely anything green in our own country. When we found that there was no harbour there, the admiral decided that we should go to the other island, which appeared on the right, and which was at four or five leagues distance. One vessel, however, still remained on the first island all that day seeking for a harbour, in case it should be necessary to return thither. 
At length, having found a good one, where they saw both people and dwellings, they returned that night to the fleet, which had put into harbour at the other island, and there the admiral, accompanied by a great number of men, landed with the royal banner in his hands, and took formal possession on behalf of their majesties. This island was filled with an astonishingly thick growth of wood. The variety of unknown trees, some bearing fruit and some flowers, was surprising, and indeed every spot was covered with verdure. We found there a tree whose leaf had the finest smell of cloves that I have ever met with. It was like a laurel leaf, but not so large but I think it was a species of laurel. There were wild fruits of various kinds, some of which our men not very prudently tasted, and upon only touching them with their tongues their countenances became inflamed, and such heat and pain followed that they seemed to be mad, and were obliged to resort to refrigerants to cure themselves. We found no signs of any people in this island, and concluded it was uninhabited, we remained only two hours, for it was very late when we landed, and on the following morning we left for another very large island, situated below this, at the distance of seven or eight leagues. We approached it under the side of a great mountain, that seemed almost to reach to the skies, in the middle of which rose a peak, higher than all the rest of the mountain, whence many streams diverged into different channels, especially towards the part at which we arrived. At three leagues distance we could see a fall of water as broad as an ox, which discharged itself from such a height that it appeared to fall from the sky. It was seen from so great a distance that it occasioned many wagers to be laid on board the ships, some maintaining that it was but a series of white rocks, and others that it was water. When we came nearer to it, it showed itself distinctly, and it was the most beautiful thing in the world to see from how great a height, and from what a small space so large a fall of water was discharged. As soon as we neared the island, the Admiral ordered a light caravel to run along the coast to search for a harbour. The captain put into land in a boat, and seeing some houses leapt on shore and went up to them, the inhabitants fleeing at sight of our men. He then went into the houses, and there found various household articles, that had been left unremoved, from which he took two parrots, very large and quite different from any we had before seen. He found a great quantity of cotton, both spun and prepared for spinning, and articles of food, of all of which he brought away a portion. Besides these, he also brought away four or five bones of human arms and legs. So at the end of this first episode, we leave Columbus exploring the island of Guadeloupe, in the Caribbean. The expedition has visited the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa, specifically islands today known as Gran Canaria, La Gomera and El Hierro, and the three Caribbean islands given most attention here were firstly Dominica, then Marie Galante and then Guadeloupe. As the next episode begins, an unpleasant conclusion will be made about that discovery of human bones in the house, and then the boats will continue on their way with their main principal focus at this stage being to find that settlement and those 39 men at Navidad. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that's been enjoyable and informative. If you do, please give it a like and help me to promote this episode. 
it's particularly important here as it's the first episode of a series. But above all, thank you for listening. Look forward to the next episode. This was the second voyage of Christopher Columbus, part one. The most beautiful thing in the world, the Canaries to Dominica and Guadeloupe. Goodbye.